Welcome to the Makom Israel Teachers Lounge podcast, where we connect students and listeners with Israel by discussing and exploring current events and relevant issues. I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here as always with co-host Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Doing well, Mike. And we're a little bit lonely today. Our third chair had to call in sick, so it's just the two of us. Yeah, I mean, we're doing better, and we want to shout out uh, feeling better to Matt, who got hit with pneumonia. Yeah, it's been a while since he's so, been on, and today, so today we were, it was his turn, and uh, we're missing him. Yeah, so he should much feel better. Yeah, uh, hopefully by the time you hear this, he will be better. Yeah. Uh, so today's topic, really everybody's talking about the rise of anti-Semitism, but what we really wanted to focus on today, we'll reflect on that a little, but the the Israel being brought to the International Criminal Court, what is that? What does it mean? And how does it fit into this broader story of connecting to deeper issues of anti-Semitism and the Jewish question? So Alan, can you more or less bring us up to date on what's going on. People have seen the headlines, but it's an odd story. Yeah, and it's like it's funny because I think in the you know in this fast-paced media world, it's kind of off the headlines again already. Yeah, already, but it is going to come up because yeah. it's in the middle of a um, of a judgment that's going to come out in the next three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the very short bullet point place of where we are and then maybe we'll like get a little bit more into detail what is like really going on here is that um, the International Criminal Court which is uh, basically established in The Hague in the beginning of the 21st century um, that adjudicates um, war crimes and genocide and crimes against uh, you know humanity all those different things so the Palestinians to to be to go to that court, you have to join it essentially. Mm-hmm. And in 2015, the Palestinians joined it and were allowed to join it, even though they're not a state. But they got like quasi state status, like they, they do have in the UN, UN observer status, like yeah. the UN. But they got like a state status in the ICC court, and then they said, okay, so now like adjudicate what Israel's doing in the in the Palestinian territories. So basically. And I, and mostly, fa- mostly focused around the, the protective edge in in 2014, but in general. So what basically they've been trying to decide for the last five years is if they have jurisdiction over this because Israel actually does not belong to the International Criminal Court as well as the United States and some other countries. And um, so they can only adjudicate cases where a state belongs. So what happens now in this kind of case? So theoretically, you know, one state belongs, so that's okay. But yet it's not a real state in Israel. And Israel is a Western democracy that has its own court system. So that usually should trump any international criminal. So all these different uh, legal issues has taken them five years for the head of the, uh, the court, the chief justice on the court, to basically say, I think here's enough. We, we can actually adjudicate this, but I'm not, positive enough i want the court to rule on it itself mm-hmm. so they like kind of selected uh, i guess it's a subcommittee of the court three judges to now in the next three months to come up with the decision is can this court take on the case of palestinian israel and israelis and if so what are the 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 limits and what where, where does the jurisdiction go to does that include the gaza strip does it not what territories is east jerusalem does it not all these different things um to, to decide that. And then when that comes down, so then uh, if they decide they can't, then that'll be it. Moot, it's over. If they decide they can, so then the chief justice presumably would then um, bring out indictments 
for uh, potentially indictments for Israel and Palestinians. Because, uh, by, by the way, once the Palestinians are opening up this door, that means the Palestinians can also be uh, judged there. And there's a whole slew that they have on their docket of crimes against the Palestinians and just like the Israelis for, for all kinds of different things. Um so that's like where we are now, where it came into the headlines is she's decided that she thinks we can, the the head of the court, mm-hmm. but she sent it to a committee to to now like uh, give her the parameters worth, of that. I, I feel so. strongly enough that it's worth looking into that I want the committee to make the decision about it. Yeah. I'm not just And what the parameters are. Right. And what, what, and what would be those parameters? What would the it? guardrails be? Yeah, to, to, that, to that kind of case and getting involved in this. So Israel, of course, immediately responded. Um, this is this is ludicrous. Um, the Palestinians immediately responded, "Woohoo!" Because they are basically ones who initiated it. Mm-hmm. Because if they hadn't joined the court and brought this up to the court, it never would have come there. Because and Israel's claiming to. it's ridiculous because well, the main because it's claim, a semi-state bringing a non-member of the ICC to well, the main case is because it's not a state, right? It's it's not a state, and this is a political issue, not uh, uh, necessarily a legal. Like they're weighing in on political, not legal terms. Um, I think that's the main argument that the Israel state attorney is making. Um, uh, so, and of course, that's uh, you know, right. that's for them to decide. That's that that's exactly what the argument is. Um, so, if it's a if it's a not actual, you know, it's, if it's only a quasi state bringing yeah. charges against a country that isn't a member of the ICC, what's the argument for that? What's the Palestinians' argument why they should take it? Because the ICC has accepted them as a state, not a quasi-state. I mean, it's pretty. That seems pretty simple. They've accepted them as quasi-state, and, and and why can they adjudicate on a state that isn't a member? That they always can. Once one state is, then they can, because it's affecting that state. Right. So those people are right. So that that's just right. That that's kind of in some ways that's why they're set up. I mean, if we back up, and that's what like the big picture, more of what this is really about is is from the 19th century basically. The, the modern world, once the modern world started kind of becoming these modern nation states, so they started developing mechanisms to to regulate wars between states. Mm-hmm. You know, and that starts really with the Geneva Conventions in the 19th century and throughout the 20th century and how you treat civilians in a time of war, what kind of arms you're allowed to use against the other side. What, in a post-industrial know. world, the ability of warfare to do... Damage. The, the warfare can create damage on such a scale that there have to be rules and guidelines that people live by, and that, and who's going to be who's yeah, going to right. call balls and and fouls on that? Who's going to be the yeah. who's going to adjudicate fair war right. practice? And as, as I like to point out to my students in class, of and this is not new. I mean, right? It, we we go back to the Torah, and the Torah has right. has rules on law on warfare, right? Has laws on warfare. Well, there's we go chivalry. That, right. Chivalry in the Middle Ages is oh, sure. is, is essentially wars on uh, laws on warfare. So. Uh, it, it's just now adapting this idea on a mass scale to the modern industrial. There does seem global. intuitively, mm-hmm. it does seem weird to make rules for war. Yes. In other words, war should be I defeat my enemy. Yeah. And the fact that there's some international consensus that there have to be rules sounds counterintuitive. It's it's a barbaric pursuit. It's the pursuit of killing other people right. to pursue some political goal. Right. And so to say, well, but there's fair ways to do that and bad yeah. ways to do that. Yeah. Because You're it's right, not a black. It's not certainly a, fits within Jewish yeah. thought. But it does. There's something because because I think I think yes, to our, our modern senses or in some size senses we think that. But in, in some ways, if you look at it from the perspective of war, is a part of of human society, mm-hmm. and um, we like to say, well, we need to defend ourselves. If we look at war as defense, uh, 
So then that makes sense, right? I have to, have to be able to defend myself. I, I have policemen. I have all of these. And I, I give laws when a policeman can open fire, right, when a dangerous situation. So war is the same way, right? When is something threatening to you that you need to be able to protect yourself that now, but let's let's keep that within. So that feeling you know, of everything's on the table is, is sort of an end justifies the means argument that if I'm defending myself, I still shouldn't be allowed to do anything to right. defend myself. Exactly, defending myself has to be the priority. Right. I have to stay alive, but the but if I can stay alive, yeah, right. So so there there should still be some set of rules. By the way, the twenty first century also invents not exactly for warfare, but crimes against humanity. Right, that it's not exactly a warfare rule, but you're not allowed to perpetrate. Right, uh, you're not allowed to violate the human rights of human. Right, really created after the Holocaust, there has to oh. be some sort of international legal language. There was none during the Holocaust Correct. for what the Germans did. And so afterwards, they had to create this. And for the previous uh, genocides, right? The Armenian Correct. genocide in the beginning of the 20th century. For and, and it wasn't, and, the yeah. Armenian genocide essentially wasn't addressed. There was some yeah. diplomatic condemnation. Still to the day. Right. But there should be, <laughs> and in some cases, still not di- yeah. diplomatically condemned. But there, there, there's, there was a sense that there has to be some sort of international structure that can in a legal way address yeah. this sort of behavior. Right. And it does it to this day, there isn't a real system, there isn't a real body that can make this well, really so work other than on mm. this basically voluntary basis. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, I mean, I would say, argue that's all legal systems. Correct. I mean, legal systems are people have to volunteer to be part of the system. Right, but once a state becomes incorporated yeah. and it creates a set of rules, and con- then we play within a certain set of rules, right. and it needs adjusting. I would argue that the inter- international law, there isn't yet a body. So look, out of the 190-some countries, there are 123 belong to this International Criminal Court, which is um, based on this statute from 1998 called the Rome Statute, um, which which talks again about what, what are war crimes, genocide, and Israel actually was going to sign it and chose not to sign it because because um, they added a, a an addendum, I guess you call it, um, that really was that Israel sees as um, targeting the settlements, mm-hmm. which is that transfer of populations forcibly or voluntarily mm-hmm. is a war crime. Mm-hmm. And that, um, as we know, is was is Israel's big argument in terms of the fourth Geneva Convention, which came out in 1949, in terms of transfer populations, that there it's it's forcibly. It's, it clearly states forcibly. So this seems to be addressing that. And Israel said, well, we're not going to be a privy to that because this is a direct attack at You're us. You're setting it up <laughs> in a way that, that puts us yeah. uh, on the defensive. So yeah. specifically not the issue of Israeli army being in the West Bank, yeah. but of Jewish communities living in the exactly. West Bank. And they said, you've already stacked the rules against us, so we're not going to join the ICC. We don't think we'll get a fair shake right. in this international body. And yes. Israel has years of feeling that in the UN they've been discriminated right. against and treated unfairly. So they're cautious about joining these international yeah. institutions exactly. because member states are going to use that as a tool against Israel. Exactly. And that, and so Israel has declined from doing it. And up until the Palestinians were allowed to join the, the ICC, so it was not an issue because, again, right. you have to be. So now that they did, it's an issue. Again, now, uh, for the Palestinians, it's a win-win because the people, the, the Palestinians that are being brought under this magnifying glass, particularly, mostly, are those Hamas. 
and it's the Palestinian Authority. So, so there's inner politics of Palestinians, right. Palestinian Authority that have joined. So now, although that, it's that's hard part to of imagine the that the Palestinian Authority will pass inspection. That, that's true too, but that's one exactly one of the questions that the court is like the this subcommittee that is uh, trying to figure it out now is is asked. Well, does is that include Gaza and Hamas mm-hmm. right in this? But the Palestinian Authority. They're they're not they're not united. They're two different right. things. So uh, so so then it's it's all very it's all very crazy. Well, when you try to put the mess of yeah. this region into a sensible international structure yeah. of how nation states yeah. operate, you end up with something that doesn't fit because it's not it, it that's right. not what it is. That's a, a very good uh, astute um, yeah. way of seeing that. Yeah, right? it's much it's a, messier than that, and yeah. so it doesn't and, and and in general that's Israel's always Israel's problem it's a, yep. it's trying to live a western democracy when it, it's it's not just it it comes in contact with non-western democratic societies but is really <laughs> somewhat integrated into it right, right. you can't we can't separate we're not separate it's more from than that it, it is absolutely that we're integrated and so we're top of mind but but like let's take an institution like the UN that it's not 133 it's 190 whatever it is all Recognized nation states are participants in the UN. The UN, which is designed as a democratic body to work for the, you know, freedom and human rights. The majority of the nation states in that institution don't believe in democracy, freedom of human rights. So Israel feels we never get a fair shake, right? The human Human Rights Council of the United Nations hasn't condemned Israel more than any other country on an annual basis. It condemns Israel more than every other country on earth put together every year. So there's something unfair, you know, of all the human rights violators in the world. If Israel's getting more than all of them combined, there's something, the system is being unfairly used. And so the Jews have this dilemma of, the Israelis have this dilemma of, I said the Jews, I'm giving away your metaphor. Yeah. But but uh, but there's this dilemma of, we want to participate, we want to be part of the community, but we don't fit in well to that community. Yeah, and and there's always this subconscious like or second, well, I feel persecuted in the yeah. community, right? Because As, because there's something to it. Now, right. there are no sanctions. There's no you know, there, Israel's not treated as a rogue state by the UN. It's treated as a, but in in terms of rhetoric, it gets condemned by different yeah. sections, yeah, continually. And one one could argue again, it's it has some some very powerful friends and that's why it's protected from sanctions and things like that like yep. the United States why why United States is so critical in terms of Israel's you know we someone in Israel often like to like poo poo it like oh what is the United States but that's a that's a very critical role the United States plays because within the, the UN there's the Security Council which actually yeah. c- makes international law and the United States has veto power and yeah. usually uses it anything that's critical or certainly punishing towards Israel. Yeah, anything that would come on sanctions or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. And, and any president, you, and you know, ever. even when, yeah. right? every president. But so it's this question exactly what we were talking about that you're like getting to now is this idea of like on the one hand, we want to be part of the normal world, the international right. order. We're right. part of the UN. On the other hand, like membership has its, you know, has its price, right. here, it seems, um, maybe almost the same price that we talk. We talk about it often. The price of you know Napoleon saying to the Jews, "Well, if you want to be Frenchmen of the Mosaic faith, um, then this is the price you have to pay. You have, you have to, to give, give up, up on your on sense your, of nationality. Yeah, you have to give up your sense of na- nationality and this and that. So now, so so that if we France fight yeah. a war with with Germany, you'll have to kill Jews. Yep, yep. There's and, a, there's, there's there's a price to be paid for joining, and Jews have this centuries long, well earned sense of paranoia yeah 
And just because we have a sense of paranoia doesn't mean that people aren't actually out to get us. Will we get a fair shake in the international community? Essentially, what you're arguing is that what Zionism has done is we've taken the microcosmic struggle of Jews in different countries, and now it's on the macro scale of nation states. Israel as the nation state, do we belong in a way that's meaningful? We thought Zionism was an escape. Well, now that we have our own nation states, we don't have to worry about integrating into the foreign population. But in the international community, we were faced by the same exact challenge. Once again, we want to participate as equals and be treated fairly, but we feel that we're being singled out and harassed and persecuted. And it goes back to your yeah your, your thesis of the Jewish question. The Jewish question is now a question facing the Jewish people on a national level. Yeah, you know where what what are you Jews? What are you Israelis? Like where where do you fit? Are you are you a Middle East state? <laughs> right, right, acting by rules with the Middle East play by, or are you a Western democracy and you want to play by those rules? Or are you, you know, are you a religion even? You know, are you right. a religious state? And you want to play by those rules, so therefore you have a, a, you know, you have laws about who can marry whom in terms of religion and uh, and and whatnot. Um, Look, arguably, uh, Jew, Jews have been going through identity crisis always, and, and to a certain extent, every every body of you know every demos, every group of people that has an identity has to decide how that identity is going to develop. And so we should always be facing these sorts of questions, building our identity, but we're not used to having them for a long time on this sort of national scale of how do we fit into the big picture. And the truth is, in the, in the, in the, that's the macro version. In the micro, we're also not so used to it in the West for a long time. We, we have now generations of Jews who've grown up in Western countries and feel like they're just naturally part of the countries yeah. and are shocked to find that their neighbors don't all really... See it that way, right? Right, and and, and once again, they're a they are a, a a singular group, right? By at least seen by many of their uh, uh, not just neighbors, but um, uh, populations, right? And as much as the politicians will stand up, or even leaders, or even other people as well, they sta- stand together with them. That that the, or the, the guardian is, angels is coming out to Muncie, you know, yeah. the vigilant, not vigilante in a negative mm-hmm. sense, but like we're going to keep the peace in Muncie yeah. to protect the Jews there. People will come out. Philo Semites will come out and stick up for the Jews, but the question's there. The, 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 in 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 any era where we, we in the Pax Americana for seventy years. Nation states had a pretty stable sense of identity. We know what it means to be Greek or French or British or American. We understand, you know, we build a European Union. We understand that Europe has an identity. In the 21st century, those, there are fights within and without about all these on the, in the inside and the outside. All, it's not just Israel. All these cultures are having internal and external identity crises that are calling all these things bubbling up into question. So uh, and that's actually So of course the Jews are going to be So it's interesting that you bring that up though. It's interesting you bring that up because in the in the first part of the 20th century, so you could be Italian or Irish and attacked for that in the United States, let's say sure. the United States, right? Because you had a different ethnic or certainly right. the Germans as you went into the middle, right? But now you're not people are not being attacked because they're Irish or Polish no. or Italian or German or right Catholic they're being attacked or, yeah. or they're attacked maybe you know like, yeah I mean there was a shooting no, in a church yep. there's shooting in maybe churches maybe some Muslims mm-hmm. African American Americans right but uh, and Jews so but but like, Jews were in the United States yeah. Jews are more not just singled out for and Europe also. and Europe also Jews are the most attacked minority yeah 
all over. Because whenever these things happen, I, I don't know why other than that we are this global minority. We're, you know, yeah. Part of living in a diaspora means everywhere you are, you're a minority. You're a minority that's everywhere. That doesn't make sense. Right. Minority should be small and unnoticeable. Right. And we're always there and always visible. We're a, a ubiquitous uh oddity and so and so so you know listen i just to say if we spin it back now take care of that ben if i spin it (laughs) if we spin it back now back around to the that's what happens when jews do a podcast we bump into the mic right yeah (laughs) with the icc court right so prime minister Netanyahu's first reaction of course he's in a you know uh he's got his own internal issues yes political year and all that what was this is anti-semitic Right, right, and then okay, now we can't, we can't now extend um, uh, annexation to to the Jordan River Valley area of the West Bank, right? right? But as first, this is anti-Semitic. That's his first like, call, right? Right. So, I, but I don't, I don't think it's anti-Semitic in that sense. Not inherently. I, I'm not. It's not like it, it's it's again, especially if you look at the 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 calls are okay. Israel did this, Hamas did this. They're not saying that that we're not going right. to adjudicate the Palestinians. We're go- both of those we're are going to be call held responsible. Balls and strikes as we see it. Yeah, both of them. Is, so it's not it's not just oh just singling out the state, but it is inherently this this um, where do we fit? It's Jewish question. How it's do more, we fit? Jewish question is is beyond anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism yeah. is I hate the Jews. Yes. Jewish question is. Jews ask it. Yeah. People who like Jews ask it. How do you guys fit? Right. If you're a nation state, how are you going to fit? If you're not a nation state, right? As Robbie Greengrass put it in his blog post a couple of weeks ago, if Jews are are aren't a nation, then how do you explain Israel? Right. And if Jews are a nation, then how do you explain diaspora Jewish identity? Right. And and so we are confusing to everyone. I, look, you and I are always wary. Anti-Semitism is just like this immediate panic button. Yeah. That Jews press, and it solves everything. It, 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 you don't have to think critically or analyze once you right. push the anti-Semitism button. And whether that's crying wolf or not, you know, Jerry Seinfeld's uncle on the show Seinfeld, you know, he gets a bad, an underdone hamburger. Oh, the chef's an anti-Semite. <laughs> and, and, and again, I, I'm sympathetic. Maybe true. So. Maybe true. <laughs> and I'm sympathetic that we've earned, you know, we come by that honestly. But it prevents further analysis yeah. and, and further understanding. And I think, therefore, is unhelpful. And yeah, I agree. And then, then we we live in this. It's a very complicated uh, situation that the state of Israel lives in, in terms of again these things of identity and where we belong and who we're part of, which part, which world we're part of, and then how do we play in these different worlds? And I think and, we're because of whatever political position we hold, we think that that trying to understand it better is going to undermine our political thing. And so I just yeah. want to pigeonhole it. Like we had a, yeah. a conversation the other day online about, you know, Palestinians calling Jesus a Muslim yeah. and calling Jesus a Palestinian. So the, the the Jerusalem Post said, wow, now they're not just calling him a Palestinian, they're calling him Islamic and a yeah. martyr. And I said, author of the Jerusalem Post, like, you just don't understand. They've been calling him a Muslim since, since Islam. Since 622. <laughs> yeah. They've been calling Abraham a Muslim is, to a Muslim, a Muslim mm-hmm. means a, a monotheist who obeys whatever the prophet decrees right okay whatever the prophet the monotheistic prophet of that era yeah so they've said every prophet until everyone who followed any prophet until muhammad was a muslim because they submitted if you reject jesus if you reject now you're no longer a true muslim because you didn't submit to the latest prophecy so anyway i'm not bringing this up to discuss that as an issue i'm just saying people shortcut it they go oh lies anti-semitism without analyzing 
Right. What it, now? I don't think I think it's an apolitical. As okay, we're educators. I think it's apolitical to try to understand things better. What? In other words, what, what's the cost of understanding it better? Why do people uh, refrain uh, from uh, saying, "Well, why? Why do they say that? How, how do they? What? What? I, I don't know if it's apolitical. That's a weird. That's a weird. What's framing. the political consequence of understanding that Muslims have always defined Jesus as a Muslim? And so there's not only. That that Jerusalem Post article, which said now they're taking it a step further, they're saying yeah. he's not just Palestinian. Now they're saying he's Muslim. They've was always the, said he's Muslim. It was the opposite. It's the opposite. Yeah. The, the the new idea is, <laughs> yeah, the new idea is a hundred years ago the idea of nation states were introduced to the Middle East and the, and the Arab world. Palestinians over the last century have gone through different stages of trying to define what their national identity is. In its current iteration, anyone who was born and lived here is a Palestinian, no matter what their ethnicity or religion or anything. And so by that definition, Jesus is a Palestinian. Now, fair or unfair, whether that comports with Western ideas of nation, state, and national identity is irrelevant to understanding that's what they're thinking. So now, whatever side of the political aisle I'm on, whether I'm Israel right, Israel left, pro-Israel, anti-Israel. What's the difference if I understand that better? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, I agree with you. I just, semantically, I think it is political still. It's still political. The fact political. that people will make political hay of yeah. it. No, or even that I, I want to understand the politics better, and that's part of understanding their politics. I think I'll understand whatever side, of, whatever side within politics I'm on, yeah. understanding it better gives me... A better understanding their politics right, also. Right, right. So I don't think it's apolitical, I think it's politics. Well, what I mean by better. apolitical is I shouldn't, I shouldn't... I should try to understand things as well as I can, yeah. no matter what my political position. And then I'll think about how it relates to my opinions yeah. rather than decide what I want to understand based on my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's okay. what I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I just don't think that's apolitical, yeah. but that's okay. Um, yeah. This ICC, I know we got off it, but I'm still like stuck on the ICC yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very... Um, uh, it, 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 it just it just so when you look at it i mean I, look I, I when i look at it and look at all the paranoia that we have yeah. it, it's very well based yeah and now and israel's got a huge dilemma from it you yeah. know now now what do they do how much do they cooperate cuz both they, sides of the dilemma now the are ICC, legitimate if the icc comes on and says first of all before they even during this yeah, what are the possible consequences during for this committee should they be you know israel's dilemma is should they should they propose their stance well if you if you don't argue then your, your argument is potentially not heard right. if you do argument you're giving legitimacy to it even though right. you're not part of the this is the, the dilemma so, that jews and arabs in palestine yeah. before the founding of the state faced exactly in front of the peel commission by the british yeah. or the or the united Nations unscop the right. special committee of palestine and and the arabs decided and, not to participate because yeah. they didn't want to recognize and, and it's the UNSCOP price of being part of the, in, yeah. and it's, it's the price of being part of the international order yeah. How much do you want to be part of that international order? So you can you can uh, you can say I'm not going. I don't want to be part of it, but it's coming in your face. But then don't be surprised when the consequences yeah. turn out exactly because you didn't defend yourself. Yeah, these are real dilemmas. What are the possible consequences <laughs> of an ICC decision against Israel? So possible consequences are uh, there. I mean, heads of state, ministers, army generals, all those things are not. Are, do not get immunity. Right, they can be taken to court. They can be tried. They can be meaning convicted. if they travel outside the country, uh, the, the ICC is not going to send officers into Israel to it, arrest Israeli. If Israel was part of the committee, they would theoretically. Right, if but they're is, not. But, not. So they, yeah. they, but so now they could they could limit their travel. Right, if you're travel, you right. could be arrested by. Which is, what would be the what would be the law enforcement body that would arrest you? 
Uh, now you're out of my. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, right. Yeah. It's so w- that's I mean, what I mean by the structures aren't clear yet in international. No, law. there is a. How, I mean, well, they said yeah. Interpol or the local. I mean the local. I, local I mean local governments have to. The local governments have, if have the to. The UK cooperate. is a member, so they would have to send yeah. what British city police, state police. What I don't know. I don't Mi five. In other words. These things are so. That's what I meant earlier. By the way, when lots said, of countries have said they won't. Like, in of the course past, not. You know, they won't say so. You know, because there isn't a clarity yet. This is all. This is all in that metaphor that we hate. You know, uh, uh, fixing the wings of the plane while it's already in flight. Yeah. This is you're you're trying to create a system that doesn't exist yeah. but is already functioning. Yeah. So the whole thing is so chaotic. And, and of course, how much how much you know, it is not looked upon like the best. You know, it doesn't have the strongest reputation in the world. A fair so, adjudication. Not a fair adjudication at, at all. Like what right. you know, what is its real strength? What is it doing? I mean, I hate to say it, but like you know, this chief justice—I can't really say her name, so I'm not saying it. But she's from a country called the Gambia. Right. Right. She was the chief. How did she get in her legal career? Because she was the chief justice there and minister, whatever, uh, it, under a dictator. Right. <laughs> right. And then she fell out of favor, lost his eyes, and then eventually got a job in the ICC. So, I right. mean, it, it, it got to well, be a little Well, that's what happens spec, when, like when these international organizations- countries, right. how many of them are, you know- It's the same problem as the UN. They claim yeah. to be devoted to freedom, human rights, and democracy, but right. their members don't necessarily believe in those things. Right. They just become part of those institutions. Right. So, they're real, real dilemmas that aren't only practical, tactical, and strategic for Israel, but also relate to a sense of Israel's own identity- yeah. Which you are you you are arguing is a macro nation state version of the constant Jewish dilemma in the diaspora of identity belonging. Yeah, the modern world. I don't. I don't know if it's. Yeah, how do we belong in the modern world? And it, right. right. I think that's a fascinating yeah. point that hadn't occurred yeah. to me that this ICC yeah. is the macro version of the micro of the Jewish question. Yeah, yeah that's super interesting. All right. Well, it's always interesting, right? It's always interesting. We miss you, Matt. We live in interesting times, we do. (laughs) All right, so uh, Matt, feel better. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Ben, for engineering us to the end of the episode, which this is. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Macomb Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Join us next time. Bye.